0: You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission transforming all things and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit
1: VOTR.church. What a sweet way to start our December. Man. I love watching. I could just sit and stare at them all day. <laughs> you guys should stay up here.
0: <laughs> we love the baby Thank dedications. You. And really just for the church, just so you know, it's, It's such a special thing to do as a local church, to gather around families like that and to pray for these babies, to get to know their parents. You know, the local church is unique in a way because we get to walk with families through every season of life. And so I uh, pray that these babies would be dedicated before the Lord, but I also pray that we would get a chance to baptize them together someday. And we would get to raise them up in the body of Christ and send them out to whatever God has for them as a faith community. And you get to watch what God does through the course of a life. It's really, really, really special. So thank you, parents, for letting us be part uh, of your life in such a deep and meaningful way this morning. Yeah.
1: If we've never met before, I'm Natalie, and this is Jeff, and we are married, and we are we both are. pastors here at the Vineyard. Hey. Here we are, and we're co-preaching together today.
0: Almost 15 years, 15 years will be our next anniversary. Yes,
1: it will be, yeah. And we're really excited to be with you all this morning. Um, this is a series that we're going to be kicking off today um, that we have been talking about, we've been praying about, and planning kind of all throughout the year when we've, in the grand scheme yeah. of things, right? And it's called Limited Self, Unlimited God. A title
0: like that probably tells you who the idea actually came from. <laughs> Some of us are better at limiting ourselves than
1: others. (laughs) It's it's probably true. I mean, I don't know if you can guess. Definitely true. Yeah. Well, this series, it's about embracing our limits. And as we enter, as we embrace our limits, um, we kind of can look at God as our unlimited, he's our unlimited God. This time of year can just be crazy, right? We have all kinds of things happening. And at the church here, right, Terry just announced we have Winter Wonderland coming up. We just had the brunch. It can be crazy. And some of us are hosting parties. Some of us are planning to travel. Uh, Maybe we're buying things or going places. And if we're not careful, we will finish Christmas exhausted and we'll miss what God wants to actually give us this Advent season. We are very limited people and that is okay.
0: But based on your personality, Bent, some of us learn our li- limits a little easier than others, right? As you can imagine, you, you, you probably know, like I have had to learn my limits the hard way. And this is just true for some of us. But as we begin to embrace our limits, as we begin to understand how God has created us with a finite amount of energy and and space to be in and relationships to have, it's a lot easier then to remember that God has unlimited resources. And as we stay connected to him, we can experience those unlimited resources. Of course, Christmas is all about learning to lift our eyes off of these temporary things that the culture wants us to focus on and lift our eyes to eternal things. And and a God who serves all of humanity through his unlimited and eternal resources.
1: Yeah, we're kind of strange that way. We love talking about our unlimited potential. It's all over social media, but that's not actually real. We don't have unlimited potential kind of hiding inside of us that we feel like we need to just kind of unlock. We don't have
0: that. There's been like a cultural narrative. It's been growing, but I think it's been around for a while. This cultural narrative that there's some metaphysical reality out there. And if we'll just like unlock that metaphysical math equation with our own heart, then all of a sudden, voila, we experience all this unlimited potential and we can live however we choose or want to live. And once we figure that out, like all the other things cascade into our life right we'll ace all of our finals we'll finally get the job promotion we've always wanted or we'll be in all these different social settings and we can do all the things that we want to do and travel to all the places we want to travel but it's simply not true it's just not true we have limits and it's okay It's even good because when we limit ourselves, it's easier to worship an unlimited God. It's easier to keep the main thing, the main thing this Christmas. And that's so important this time of year. And so each week during this series, we're going to look at a passage in the New Testament, and then we'll come together at Christmas Eve, and we'll look at one in the Old Testament. And all of these passages will help us focus and lift our eyes on the unlimited God while we also embrace our own personal limits as humans.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's start by reading our scripture for today. And it's a famous Christmas passage, a great one to kind of open the series for us. It's from John 1, 1 through 5. It says this, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it." Throughout scripture, we learn that the Word is a direct reference to Jesus Christ, and in this opening passage from John's Gospel, we explore some incredible theological truths. We see that the Word was with God, and that it was also God Himself. John 1's always been helpful in understanding what we call the Trinity. It's that God existed as a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, yet one in the same. Now we can only scratch the surface on understanding the Trinity because we are finite and he is the one that's infinite. And the more that you dig into the Trinity, the the more that you can realize the title of this sermon series is so true. Limited self, an unlimited God. It's mysterious. It's kind of mind-boggling. Somehow, in some way, we learn that Jesus was present in the creation story. He always existed. Everything was created through him, and he gave life to all things. Now, this means that he wasn't created at the birth story. In fact, he was never created at all, but, but as God, he always was. In theological studies, we call this the pre-incarnate Christ, In simpler terms, Jesus is God, always has been God, and always will be God. Limited self, but an unlimited God.
0: And what's crazy about the passage Natalie read, and of course the entire life of Jesus, is as you keep reading John 1, and as you get to know the person of Christ displayed in the Gospels, you realize pretty quickly that although Jesus was unlimited in his divinity... Even Jesus himself limited himself because he came to us as a human. Even more, he came to us as a baby, a weak and needy, a helpless and a totally dependent upon his parents kind of baby. Verse 14, just a little bit after where Natalie read, reads this. So the word became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Your version may say grace and truth. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, Jesus Christ, the Word, the one who was with God in the beginning and through whom all things were created. This unlimited God limited himself in the form of a human baby. He came and he dwelt among us. The limitless God became limited so that you could experience his unfailing love, his grace and truth, his forgiveness and his presence forevermore. And as followers of Christ, we have access to that rule and reign, his power, his presence, his forgiveness and love at any given time, because scriptures teach us clearly that as we give our life to the Lord, we, are, we receive an adoption into his family, which means that we always have access to that power and love. If you've never made a decision to follow Christ and you want to do that today, then I want to let you know on the front end that by the time we end our service together, we're going to give you a chance to respond to Jesus in that kind of way this morning. To give your allegiance and pledge your allegiance to Jesus so that you can receive his love, his forgiveness, and adoption into his family as well.
1: Verse 14 is such an, such an amazing passage for our faith. The Christian faith becomes tangible to understand because Jesus left his unlimited self and became limited on our behalf. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Not only did he limit himself in terms of of leaving heaven and coming to us, he came as a limited human being, born as an infant. We just did baby dedications this morning, and every single one of those babies, even though uh, they're still completely and totally dependent on their parents, every single one of them is already bigger and stronger than when when Jesus was born into this world. It's kind of crazy to think about that, the reality of that. And there's not a better Sunday to do baby dedications than on a Sunday when we talk about God being born in the flesh. It helps us to... It helps it to come alive a little bit for us, I think. It's a perfect picture of what we're talking about today. I remember the first time that I changed our kids' diapers thinking to myself, Mary had to change Jesus. I mean, fascinating, right? (laughs) Think about that. We had to change diapers.
0: We had to change a lot of diapers. We had to change a lot of diapers. (laughs) I will say that I changed the first diaper of all three of our children. That's true. You get that. There's grows, there's already grows, because you know if we stack those numbers up, they're not in my favor. He
1: brings that up. But I did
0: change the first one. That's good. No, you think about, like, I, I remember changing, I remember Babies are Us trying to sell the little PPTPs. Y'all know, those yeah. things don't work, by the way. And of they course. wouldn't have worked for Jesus. Okay. He would have had a holy stream that would have just shot that PPTP right <laughs> off.
1: This is wild to think about, right? Mary had to change Jesus' diaper, okay? <laughs> like, we don't slow down and think about that very much. He needed to be cleaned. Jesus needed to be cared for. And after changing, when he was cold and bald, he needed to be cuddled and he needed to be held. Jesus had accidents, too. He never sinned, but he did have accidents. I think that's really interesting, too, right? He never sinned, but he definitely he definitely had accidents. It's part of life. Well, I, so this is our tangent. This is what we think about. Um, I remember nursing and feeding our kids and thinking, Jesus had to be cared for in this kind of way as well. How amazing is our God and how passionate is his love for us that he left the perfection of heaven and he came to dwell among us in our mess, with darkness all around, in complete vulnerability. Like, all, all so that his kingdom could be established. That he could, be, he could defeat darkness with his light, and we could be adopted into his family.
0: It's beautiful. He limited himself by coming as a human. He limited himself by coming as a baby. But he also limited himself by coming in an era when technology was nothing like it is today. He was limited in a real way by time and space in ways that even you and I are not limited today. It's not like Jesus, as he grew up, grew up could hop on a Zoom call with leaders all over the world and, and present his message to these church leaders in every country simultaneously. He came before YouTube. He came before social media. His message was limited to 12 frail and broken men who would then be tasked to carry that message to the entire world. See, he wasn't concerned. By going a slower route than what you and I are invited to take every single day. This didn't bother Jesus. He limited himself by being born into a world where he couldn't go from town to town overnight. He had to walk from village to village to engage with and encounter every leader along the way. All of these are limitations. And by the way, it never bothered God. It never bothered God. When he came to us, he came with a lack of speed and it never pressured him to go any quicker. He wasn't concerned with the limits of technology. He wasn't concerned with the limits of his own humanity and he wasn't concerned with other people's timetable that they tried to place upon him. You, you will never see, if you read the gospels, you will never see a frenzied Jesus. He was never frazzled. He was never pressured to go beyond his limits. He was content to go with the speed that God called him to go. And because it never bothered him, my hope and my prayer, and as we've been praying for this moment, is that you would recognize that you don't have to live at someone else's speed either.
1: That
0: it's okay for you in your life, in your family, to be limited. It's not like you're gonna miss out that something God has for you. Our hope and our prayer is that you would feel less pressure and less stress and less frantic energy this Christmas season. And that you could learn that if it didn't bother Jesus, it doesn't have to bother you either. If you are planning a Christmas vacation, let me just take a quick aside. If you are planning a Christmas vacation this year and you need to take a vacation after your vacation, something is not working right. Okay? That's it. I speak from incredible credibility here. We have done this.
1: You know, it's really bad when you have to like preemptively
0: plan. Yes. Like when you plan a vacation, you're like, okay, we're going to need two days so that we can actually chill out and vacate at home. That vacation, that's not
1: vacation. That's not. That doesn't count. That is not
0: that relaxing. That might not be the best way that you can vacate this Christmas break. No.
1: I like what you said earlier too, that if it didn't bother Jesus, it doesn't have to bother you it doesn't have to bother I like that you too, that was good <laughs> that was good <laughs> which leads us to our main point one of our points for today to be a human is to have limits as part of it you have limits and that is okay god created you this way god created you to need and to depend on others to rely on one another and most importantly to rely on his unlimited resources this christmas what would it look like if you stopped wearing this frantic busyness of the season like a badge of honor or maybe like a trophy to show to the world around you. I know this personally because I've, I've I've been asked the question, how am I doing recently? And I will commonly start my answer with, well, I'm fine, but I'm a little busy. I'm busy. And I think that's such a common response. Can we take a step back for a moment and collectively recognize that we can actually do something about that? Like we have control of our schedules and I think we can chill out a little bit. I mean, having limits or limiting yourself, it doesn't disqualify you from anything. It demonstrates a self-awareness and a care for your own soul. Limits also help you to show up in better space. They help you to love your family. They help you to love your spouse. And limits will even help you to worship more completely instead of always being exhausted and always on the verge of burnout. Jesus Christ, the Word who became flesh, he limited himself in amazing ways. I think something is off when we push ourselves beyond our limits in an attempt to just become superhuman. And instead, instead let's be like Jesus. Let's embrace our limits. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> From personal experience, I can tell you that if you don't limit yourself, something in your life will break. Just out of love for you, I just want to be that direct, that your life will break without limits. A limitless life almost always turns into burnout or some form of blow-up. Now, burnout isn't fun because it takes the things that we truly love and we deeply care about, and it sucks the life right out of those things. And so the way we used to love to play games with our kids or go to worship and experience God or have family and friends over for dinner so that we could truly connect with them and and share life with them, when we're burned out, all of those things become like a chore. And then we either don't do them or we do them poorly because it's like a burden. We don't like it and our life begins to break down. That's burnout, but listen, blow up isn't any better. Let's be honest, like when humans are constantly pressed and we're living uh, beyond our limits and always depleted on the inside, we do really dumb things. We do really dumb things. This is when we start to gather temporary fixes that will often be damaging to our own lives. And if you don't blow up your own life, it's just as easy to blow up on someone who's closest to you. And that's always tragic because those are the folks that we genuinely love the most. And then all of a sudden, some giant stress bomb of anxiety and stress and anger gets detonated in our home. And everyone else feels the impact because our own emotional circuit is at its max and we can no longer function. Life breaks without limits. And when it does, it almost always hurts you or someone close to you. I remember basically having a midlife crisis in my 20s my 20s. Way too early to have a midlife crisis. And I'm not sure like we should all seek a midlife crisis anyway. Usually a midlife crisis points to a larger problem that's going on. But I remember basically having one in my 20s because I simply refused to quit and I refused to rest. I I don't know if you remember taking, we were talking about vacations earlier. But in our 20s, when we would take vacations, you remember, every time we took a vacation, I would get sick.
1: Yeah. It was like clockwork. Every Every single single
0: time time I went on vacation, I would get sick. And here's the thing, I tried to make it really holy. I, I really did. I tried to say, oh, well, yeah. the Lord like, preordained this vacation time knowing that I was going to yeah. get sick. He kept me healthy while I was doing all of the Lord's work but now that it's vacation, I'm just in my bed sick instead of spending time with my family. Listen, that is bad theology. I can confess that to you all right now. That is bad theology. <laughs> okay. God did probably know what was going to happen and He probably was like, come on, man, you can, you can do better than this. But he didn't preordain for me to get sick when I wasn't working. What was actually happening is that I was addicted to stress. I was addicted to anxiety. I was addicted to overworking so much that my body couldn't even fight a common cold. And every time we went on vacation, when I was finally at rest, my body didn't know what to do. I was like detoxing from the adrenaline that comes from being addicted to work. If you get sick on every vacation, it might be a sign that things aren't working for you the way that they're supposed to work. Not only that, and I'm sure Natalie can remember this one because it was a humble and a powerful moment for me in our marriage. But one day when she was at home caring for Kingston, pregnant with Presley, I was out doing ministry. I was staying really busy. I was, you know, working for the Lord. And so I could always kind of define everything I was doing in this category that sounded really holy. But actually, what was happening is I was overworking and I was missing stuff at home. And I came home and Natalie looked me in the eye and she said, Jeff, There will always be someone to pastor. You have to come home. Yeah. And I remember just feeling that. Feeling it from Natalie, but feeling it from the Lord. I mean, if you are single right now, or if you are dating and you're looking for someone to marry, let me just tell you quickly, find a spouse that can speak to you with the words of Christ and listen to them. This was not a great moment for me, but you can bet that I learned from this moment because it was the Lord speaking to me. And the truth is, as it turns out, whether you're a pastor or an entrepreneur or a salesperson or a student or any kind of category that you want to have about your vocational day to day, you can all work nonstop. And that's not healthy for any of us. Life breaks without limits. It simply breaks without limits
1: there are a lot of ways that you can embrace your limits this Christmas for one let us encourage you to make Sunday church a priority I'm not sure if that sounds a little self-serving because it's coming to you from a pastor here but I promise you that it's not life works better in a faith community and life works better when you gather for worship I think it's important to be inten- to intentionally slow down for about 75 minutes a week inside our church family, worshiping, praying, and hearing God's word together. This short time on a Sunday morning, it will serve like a compass in your life, and it, will, it creates a rhythm, right, of helping you stay connected to God when times are busy. Another idea is to limit what you put under the tree so that you can give extravagantly. What if you matched the gifts with generosity this Christmas? There are a lot of good causes out there that have year-end giving campaigns, right? Our church is one of those. And I wonder what it would look like if you would intentionally limit your own finances so that you could be generous to those in need. A big one for us is limiting your schedule. Your schedule is not your master. You are the master of your schedule create margin in your life and not just so that you can like watch more TV and hang out right but so that when friends and family want to get together then you have the freedom and you have the bandwidth to enjoy one another's company and not make it like a burden some of us even need to to limit um, what we say so that we can spend some more time listening listening to God and listening to others we have a time of quiet reflection um, after the message. And I think a great question for all of us would be, could be something like this. It could be something like, God, what can I limit to experience you? What can I limit to experience you more? Limiting yourself is a great practice because, as Jeff said, your life needs limits, or it will eventually break but limiting yourself is also a great practice because limits help you to experience God. Limits force us to depend on our all-powerful God when we're connected to him. We can experience him in deeper ways then. We can experience his love, we can feel his presence, and we can be sustained by his life. And worship and prayer simply will come more alive. It will become more alive in our lives. It's really hard to worship an unlimited God when you actually don't limit yourself because you'll, be, you'll end up stressed or in a frenzy or anxious. And when you're anxious, it's hard to keep the main thing the main thing. I think we've, we've felt that before. Why, why wait until our life falls apart before we turn to God when we can rely and depend on him all along the way? I think that will make our Christmas season so much more enjoyable and we'll experience God so much more because when you intentionally limit yourself, you can experience our unlimited God in a more powerful way. In her book, Earth Crammed with Heaven, Elizabeth Dreyer wrote this. In a profound way, our our intentionality is a key ingredient in determining whether we notice God everywhere or only in church or only in suffering or nowhere. It all depends on how we choose to fashion our world.
0: So let's close with this thought together. The reality is, as we present this to you, that you could ignore everything that we say. You could ignore the scriptures. This is like a true option for all of us, right? You could choose the frenzied Christmas. You could choose the stressed out and the pressurized Christmas season. We, we all, let's just collectively recognize we all have that option. And truthfully, even if we try to lean into the limited self, unlimited God, the reality is this is so countercultural and it's so contrary to the way the culture is inviting us to live that many of us will feel a push or a pull or a back and a forth between frenzied and relaxed and limited and unlimited anyway. But let us encourage you to be so intentional this Advent season that you can experience everything that God has for you. Everything. That God has for you. Imagine what Christmas would look like if you limited yourself in a way to experience our limitless God. Imagine a Christmas break that actually felt like a break. Or an Advent season that truly embraced the birth of Christ and helped you anticipate and look forward to his eventual return. Or have times when we worship together. Where you could offer the very best to Jesus, not just the frazzled leftovers of a hectic and stressed out life. It is human to have limits. Even Jesus had them when he walked the earth. And by embracing our own, we can experience the unlimited resources of our unlimited God in powerful, powerful ways this Christmas. Let's pray.